Well, hey, welcome. Can we get a welcome to our Facebook family? Let's all say hi. Hello, hi, welcome. Woo-hoo. Tim's better at the welcome part. No. Well, hey, it's great. We're grateful to be here with you guys. And uh, one of the things that we're going to do this morning uh, before Tim brings the word and challenges us through Scripture is I'm going to give us just a little bit of a challenge. Uh, one of the things that as Tim and I have been talking and just kind of processing uh, where we feel like God is trying to, to lead us as a church family, he just thought it would be good for me to kind of share a little bit of my heart and for us to be able to begin to take, you know, baby steps together so that we could see God do something that we haven't yet seen before Um, because we believe that God is up to something amazing in each and every single one of us, but also together as this family. Um, And so we've been talking, Tim's been leading us, and we've been really thinking and uh, studying what it means to be able to be a citizen of heaven. And so we're going to continue that today. Um, But last week, he, he gave us a challenge, and, and he told us through, through 2 Corinthians that God calls us his ambassadors. And so it, it's not something that is optional for us. If we are somebody that follows Jesus, then we are God's ambassadors here. And, and so that, that means that I am God's ambassador. If you follow Christ, that you are his ambassador here. And so I don't know if you've taken time to be able to really think through that and understand that a little bit, but what that means is that we are on enemy-occupied territory. You and I, we are living in a land that is not our home. And it's actually under the influence, and it is being influenced greatly by the defeated one. And so last week, Tim challenged us that, hey, we have received reconciliation, right? He made us all do the hand motions, okay? We've received reconciliation, and why are we supposed to receive it? Why did God give it to us? Somebody give it to me. So that we can give it back, right? Right? And so that's the whole thing is that, hey, if God, if the purpose of it was for us to just come to this point where we get saved and he had no purpose for us, why wouldn't he just take us to heaven? If the point of it was for us to just get saved and that's it, why are we here? We're here because there's other people around us that still need to be, to receive that reconciliation. And, and Jesus has passed the church, he's passed you and I the baton to say, hey, we get to take this forward. It's crazy to think, but, but Jesus wants to work through us. And so the challenge that I have for us, the challenge that I have for you joining online, is that could we, begin to live as God's ambassadors. So the challenge will, will you live as God's ambassador? Will you join with God in what he's doing in your heart, what he's doing in your mind, what kind of passions, what kind of skills, what what job you have, uh, the the people that live next door to you, uh, the people here in in this room that need your encouragement? Can we begin to see as everything that God has allowed in our lives as intentional? Every single interaction isn't an accident, but to begin to be able to see, man, God, who is it today that you want me to talk to? Who is it that you want me to encourage? Who can I give the hope of heaven? And so that's what I want to challenge us with to be able to begin thinking and wrestling with as Tim comes up and, and leads us in the word is that, hey, let us be God's ambassadors here. Because there's a world, our community, man, we're hurting and we need the hope of heaven. Good word, Pastor Chris. Whew. Praise the Lord. 
So following up with that, what I want to just get your consideration with this morning is living. I want us to think about living in heavenly citizenship. So we've been talking about some things. I'm just going to remind you, Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. And I'm just going to remind you that every single person in here whether you like it or not, you're a pattern for somebody else. Whoa. Yep. <laughs> like, Tim, that's a little heavy. No, that's reality. For many walk, of whom I've told you often and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Man. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Just as Pastor Chris said, we receive reconciliation. Why? To hold on to it and become like the Dead Sea? No, we're supposed to be, it's supposed to flow back and be shared so that we are giving the ministry of reconciliation to others. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. God pleading through you, pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sent for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now. I'd like for you to just consider for just a few moments the culmination of the official process of becoming a U.S. citizen. At the height of the swearing-in of new U.S. citizens, each new citizen raises his or her right hand and they take the oath of allegiance to the United States. The oath acknowledges and accepts the obligations of citizenship while also granting the new Americans a range of new rights. These obligations include coming to the nation's defense in a time of war, performing civilian acts of national importance when necessary, and upholding and defending the Constitution and the laws of our nation. Perhaps the most beautiful thing about the obligations of citizenship is that they are not owed to a king or a dictator, but to each other and now all of us, because as it reads, we, the people. The look of joy and elation on the faces of newly minted Americans is a priceless reminder of so much that unites us as a nation and what is truly good and decent about it. The ceremony and the hundreds like it that occur all around the country each year remind us that American citizenship is indeed unique. It does not rely, it does not rely exclusively on one's ancestry or where one was born. Anyone can be an American citizen if he or she pursues citizenship in the right way. That reality, that reality has been one of our nation's great strengths over the course of our history and the making 
of, a new Amer- of making of new American citizens is something to celebrate everywhere and every single time. Now, if you would look at Ephesians chapter 2 with me. We're going to be reading Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to be reading in the New King James here. And follow along with me if you would. Verse 1. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, if you're taking your redemption, your salvation, your transformation for granted, I just want to get you to just stop for just a second and just allow the reality of what we just read to sink in. Now, if, you, if you're not sure about this whole God thing and you haven't, you haven't reached out to Jesus and made him a part of your life, then it, it's okay. But for those of us that have done this, this should be a, a, a pause where we're like, oh yeah, I've been made alive. I used to be dead in my trespasses and sins. Whew. In which you once walked, look at what it says, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others, just as everybody else. What is this saying? We naturally had an earthly citizenship, not a heavenly citizenship. Verse four, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Move your neck around. It's you, but it's all of us. He loved us even when we were dead in trespasses and made us alive together with Christ By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man, anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God's grace is revealed when we are invited by him to experience a miracle of forgiveness and redemption simply through the faith response of asking, believing. Just like a child asks a good parent with expectant confidence. Unbelievable. Can't earn it. Can't do that. This is a supernatural process of changing our citizenship from earthly to heavenly. So let me just talk about our heavenly citizenship for just a minute, and I'm going to give you some words. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. And what I'm going to ask you to do is, as I give you these words, if you want to write these down, because what I'm going to ask you to do for the next several months or the next week, if you can do this, is I want you to take these words, and I want you to impose them over 
Just overlay them on whatever scripture you're reading or studying and see if you can begin to see the scripture that you're reading in different light based on this earthly, this, I mean, this heavenly citizenship perspective. Think with me. Through Jesus Christ, we've been granted great privileges. Through Jesus Christ, we have been granted great privileges. Through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we have been given great potential. What I am constantly trying to do is some of you, you can testify that there's so many times in your interaction with me, if we've hung out for a while, that I have believed in you more than you've believed in yourself. I can say that some of you, when we've had conversations, I have talked to you because I believe in you more than you believe in yourself. Why? Not because I'm trying to get you to look at this inert goodness that you have. You say that you believe in Jesus Christ. You say that you have trusted him. Then you don't even begin to understand the potential that you have because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. God with you, but God in you. Through the greatness of our Father, we have been provided great protection. Great protection. All throughout the scripture, God himself sending people all kinds of things, angelic intervention, angels standing on our guard. God is an incredible protector. But what we have to do is learn to place ourselves under that protection and acknowledge that. Some of you have been working on memorizing Psalm 91 for good reason. Therefore, because of these three things, we have to posture or position ourselves as heavenly citizens because we have great obligations as well as great opposition. So, these few words, let me use this as an illustration. Hopefully this will make sense. This is an ID card. If you want to look at it afterwards, this is my daughter Megan on here. And this was her season pass for Six Flags in Maryland. Okay? Now she was super jacked to get this, needless to say. But you know what's amazing is this ID card, is, it, had, it gives limited access, limited usability, and you can't take this ID card um, to the police station and verify that you can drive a car. Or you can't produce this in other situations because it's very limited in its exposure and its use. Does that make sense? It's an ID card. Now, the difference from an ID card is what a lot of us have, and some of you in here, you are yearning for these with your age and your development, okay? Valuable leverage tool for parents. Just thought I'd mention it. Um, is that, this is a driver's license. This one was my birth father's from Arkansas, but a driver's license opens up the world and the opportunities a little bit more for you, and a lot of, it's, what's really cool about the United States is you can drive through other states and they will honor your driver's license, but if you stay there too long and you call it residence, they're gonna want you to change it so that you can change all the taxation um, communication. You know what I'm saying. But 
this is, this there again is a step up from the ID card. And then what's different is when we begin to, we apply for a passport and get a passport. Blue passport, red passport. We won't go into the red. Those of you that know, you know. Blue passport. This is a passport of the United States of America. This passport will be, can be used and presented across the board for any situation. You may not be accustomed to carrying it with you all the time, but just like in other nations, you bring this passport and it will allow you to get on the plane. It will allow you to leave. It is going to open up the world of opportunities on a huge level for you. So I want you to hang with me real quick. Because there are a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ that I watch and I believe that there's some of you in here that you've been living your entire Christian life with an ID card. And thank God that you have placed your faith in Christ. But you, you're one of those people that you can barely keep your nose above water. Your ID card, it's very limited, and it only applies to certain situations in your life. It doesn't apply across the board. And then there's others of you that you've taken the step to where that you've grown and you've moved on to like a driver's license, so you have a bigger perspective, you have more opportunities, and yet you still are very limited in your perspective. And so what I'm asking you to do this morning, when I'm asking us to learn to live to live in our heavenly citizenship is to begin to live like the world is open to us and there is a huge world and the opportunities are endless. Stop limiting yourself and stop trying to put yourself and God in a box. This thing allows me to fly the world over, but especially to places where there's a relationship, I can't get on a plane with just my driver's license. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And what I'm asking us this morning is to begin to look and see and believe that God has something even greater for us that we've only begun to tap into or just get a glimpse of the great things that God has in store for us. We have to learn to live within this heavenly citizenship. Let me read you a few verses. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you and I may be partakers of God's divine nature. Tim, really? Oh, yeah. I don't think that that's limited. Look what it says. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard. Let me stop you right there. Okay. How many of you have been somewhere where you were just like, oh, that's so beautiful. Let me get a picture of that. Raise your hand. Okay, this is a participation question. Okay. All right. Some of you, you just lied to me by not raising your hand because if I take your phone right now, there's going to be stuff all over it. That's going to prove you a liar because you didn't raise your hand. All right. 
So you take a picture, and then some of you have taken that like, oh, we were on vacation or we were hiking, and it was just sublime. It was like, I just wanted to stay there for forever. And what you've done is you've blown that up and you've matted and framed it. Some of you have. I understand that. And some of you have taken it to the next level because you know somebody with painting skills and you took that picture to them and you said, can you just do this on canvas for me because I never want to forget this. Are you tracking with me? Are you with me, Michelle? Is that cool? Okay, good. Judy? Okay. All right, so let me ask you. You got a favorite group? Favorite band? Favorite music? This is a rough crowd this morning. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Okay? I'm not going to ask you, like Lori and I, um, for our anniversary, we had this anniversary check, so we were listening to it last night. I was like, oh, yeah. Some of that that old music, you know, that we hadn't heard in a while. Some of you, if I were to say a group, you'd be like, that's the best band ever. Their sound is like epic. And it's like, how many of you are with me on the Bee Gees? Anybody? Okay, yeah! Somebody's admitting it. That's what I'm talking about. So what I want you to understand, I want you to think about, is it saying, I has not seen, nor ear heard. Our best experiences, our most incredible experiences. (laughs) Some of you, sorry, I'm just thinking, you look back at your wedding photos, and you're like, oh man, that was rocking. We look good back then. You know what I'm saying? Nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Are you with me? This is a scripture of God. He's sharing with us, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Woo! Hello? Are you tracking with me? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that, we, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That you may be filled with all, all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think, according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is just a glimpse. And I want to ask you to take those words, privileges, potential, protection, our posture and our position, and look at the obligations and the opposition. When you read the scripture, I believe that the Spirit of God will illuminate and show to you that you have incredible potential, that there's this great protection. There's this power that you have not even really begun to tap into. We have a supernatural, 
heavenly citizenship, and we have to learn to live in it. It doesn't just take place naturally. We have to learn to live in it. My question to you this morning is will you start living? Will you really begin to start living in your heavenly citizenship? Will you decide today to move from here? And if you're here, I'm not busting your chops. I'm thankful you're here. But I'm just saying the process is so much more. And we believe that God's power is available to us on an incredible level. I want to do something really quick because I want to I make note to some people. If you're under the age of 24, stand up right now where you are. Go ahead. I want you to look around. This is a blessing from God. And I want you to understand, I ask you to stand not to embarrass you, but to just say to you, you you bless us whether you know it or not. Your presence blesses us. And I'm just gonna ask you, please, Continue to fight to learn to live in your heavenly citizenship because you make a difference to us. And we are on your team. Sometimes we don't know how to be on your team, but we really are. And I'm proud of you. And I just want to encourage you to figure out within your own faith, figure out what this heavenly citizenship looks like, feels like, and how you can live in it. So, Father, I pray pray blessings over every person that's here. You guys can sit down if you'll be more comfortable. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to do today what only you can do. By your spirit, Father, that you would help us yield to you. God, I believe that you are doing something good in me. I believe that you are doing something good in us. I believe that you are doing something good in this region, and we are asking that you would please, God, allow us the privilege of partnering with you. You've already, you've already done everything. You have so much available to us, but that you just please help us with that next step that we would begin to learn to live in this heavenly citizenship And God, I thank you for the relationships that are being built. God, I thank you for people that we're meeting. But Father, we need your help with this thing. This is your church. This is your family. And Father, you are at the helm. You're you're the one that's in charge of this. So please open our hearts, open our minds, and show us how to live out what you've challenged us. God, we want to see your power. We want to see your glory. We want to see your forgiveness on a whole new level. We're asking you to blow our minds. We believe that you can do abundantly, incredibly, exceedingly, mind-boggling things that we can't even get our hands around. So God, we're asking you to do it through us. And I ask today, Father, if there's somebody here or somebody that's watching that they've not yet believed, that they would simply say, I believe. Forgive me. 
Oh God, just that simple process that they would experience that, that wave of your presence over them and they would know that they are loved and forgiven. I ask that that would happen right now, God. I ask that you would add to your church all across the globe those that need to be saved today. And Father, we just thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you so much that we can learn to live in this heavenly citizenship. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. And I ask, Father, that by your spirit that we would be encouraged because of your love, your investment. God, just all the things that you've made available to us in Christ Jesus. We praise you for your son. We praise you for your spirit. And we say thank you and we praise you. Oh, thank you so very much. Amen. I don't know who you are, but I'm asking you to upgrade your card today. And you say, Tim, I don't know if I can go from ID to passport. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. Because God, God responds to us turning to him. And you know what? God has greater plans for us most of the time than we do. So let's just learn to partner with him and live in it. Let's stand and let's sing praises to his name together.